You know, come Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Why do we pray those prayers? Why do we treat that, why do we teach them to our children or attempt to teach them to our children? Um, and they're sometimes slow to, to grab onto them, but they finally get them and then they pray those prayers before they eat or before they, you know, whether they're out to eat or they're at home. Isn't it because we want to make sure we recognize who gives these gifts? Right, we're here on Thanksgiving to recognize who's given us all the gifts that we have. Um, it's also a testimony to uh, those around our table at home or maybe those at the restaurant, not that we have to project it out, but simply that, that we have a God that we joyfully give thanks to for all that he's given to us. But finally, even more importantly, isn't it because we want to give thanks? We want to say thank you for all that God has given to us. And we recognize that even though, you know, one of you may have prepared the meal, one of you may have gone out and purchased the meal, that really all of us are just simply the blessed machinery that God uses to provide for our daily needs. And we give thanks for that, that, that we got to be a part of it too. Today we look at words from Moses as he's recounting the Lord's commands and expounding on the law that God had given to his people before they were going to enter in to the promised land of Canaan. They were going to dispossess the, 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 the different warring nations that were there and they were going to take control and the Lord was going to deliver everything into their hand and give them a, a land flowing with milk and honey. And he commands them in a very special way to give thanks in a way that says, our theme for today, I bring, Lord, what you have given me. Let's say it together. I bring, Lord, what you have given to me. As they brought their offerings, as they spoke the words that God commanded them to speak, simply bringing what God had given to them. Hear now the words of Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 to 11. You can follow on the screen if you'd like. When you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you 
shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and to your household. This is God's word. The Lord God had kept his promises to Israel. He had promised that they would take over the land of Canaan. They lived in tents. They were foreigners in that land. When their forefathers, when their forefather, Abraham, first set foot, and for 500 years, really, wandering, or in Egypt. And the Lord promised that they would take over that land. And they stood on the Jordan banks of the Jordan River, looking into the promised land with, with warriors and fortified cities. And they might have wondered, how is this going to happen? But the Lord kept his promise. And they went in and they inherited the land. They took over everything. And within very short order, you might think, how did this happen? They were, they were crops, they were growing crops or taking over vineyards, taking over farmland and, and taking over all of it. And God said, when that first, when you're there settled in the land and that first harvest starts to come up, you take some of it or some of the best of it or the first part of it and you put it in a basket and you take it to the place where I'm going to put my name, to the tabernacle. And there, you're going to take it to the priest on duty, because the priest rotated through service at the temple, or at the tabernacle. And so you go in, and you take that, that script, or what we might say creed, that they were to confess as they gave this to the priest. I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. Today in God's house, you and I come centuries, thousands of years later to do very much the same thing, to thank God for what he has given to us and to bring him our first fruit offerings. Maybe not in a basket, and we can't really use offering baskets and place them or pass them around, but we place them different places. Some of you do the offering basket online, uh, but as the, the cornucopia of the, the first fruits of the gifts of the field lie before you, so also we bring our gifts to the Lord and we make that same confession with our presence, worshiping our God and with the gifts that we give him. My father was a wandering Aramean and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given to me. So not only did God keep the promise to, to bring them into a new land, a good land, God kept the promise he had made to Abraham that he would grow them into a great nation. Abraham's descendant Jacob going down to Egypt with just 70 and coming out of there with a million, two million to the family name. God keeps his promises. And what a way to go out of Egypt. Our Sunday school children, if you've been in Sunday school, please raise your hand. Last few weeks, okay, we got a few of you here. For Wednesday school, our children have been going through the Ladna Upper Deck a lot of our children have been going through the, the way that God brought them out of Egypt. The signs and wonders that this, this believer confesses to the priest as he's bringing his offerings. The signs and wonders that made the Egyptians marvel and recognize what a real God can do. 
Also the terror that they felt when Pharaoh and Pharaoh's son and the firstborn sons of the, of the Egyptians all were killed in a night when the Lord came through and destroyed them. But yet all the firstborn sons of the Israelites who trusted in the Lord and, and followed the Lord's direction to slaughter a lamb at twilight and put the blood of a year-old male lamb without blemish or defect over the doorframe of their house so that when the Lord came through, he'd see the blood of the lamb and he and his wrath would pass over. This confession of what their God had done and who their God is was on their lips as they brought their offerings. And that's what you and I do tonight. As we come to sing the praises of our Lord, to take time aside, even in a crazy COVID year, to thank the Lord for all the wonderful blessings. Some blessings that we've learned to appreciate more and more. And that his praise, this creed and confession is on our lips as well. That I bring you, Lord, what you have given me. How many times in that year, after taking possession of the promised land, do you think those priests heard this little confession, this little creed? Do you think they got bored with it? Or like, get through it, come on, we've heard this before. You know, as, as group after group brought that basket full of first fruits and made the pile bigger and bigger in front of the altar. Or do you think they marveled at how people from all these different tribes, all these different places spread throughout the land of Canaan had made the trek to come and worship the Lord and to confess with joy in their hearts and thanksgiving on their lips what God had done for them and their joy in who their God is, that they bring, Lord, what you have given me. There's always that temptation, isn't it? To, to even if we're in the seats, in the pews, to have our mind elsewhere or to not really focus on why we're here, or to not want to be here at all. I'm your pastor, and there are days I don't want to go to church. You know, it's, it's not always the easiest thing to, to cut out time out of your schedule to actually sit down with God's Word and read it, because we're all very busy. We've all got a lot of things going on. We've all got a lot of things clamoring for our attention. It's not easy to, to write a sermon or to craft a sermon or, or to try and memorize a sermon. But even though most of the time love doing it, it's just, it's difficult. It's, it's hard work and sometimes we don't want to do hard work. We're not feeling like it. And we miss out on, on the blessing of being here. The blessing on understanding and realizing just who our God is and what our God has done for us and how much he truly loves us. Yeah, if we, if we skip out on coming to God's house, if we skip out on going into God's word, if we skip out on, on studying his word and living it, we miss out. I miss out because I need to hear. I need to hear who I am. I need to hear from God's word, the only source of truth, what my sinful heart doesn't want me to believe or doesn't want me to understand as I look in the mirror that I'm a sinner, that I deserve God's wrath and punishment because my sinful nature is so good at making excuses. I can come up with any excuse why it's okay for me to sin or it's okay for me to neglect this 
it's okay for me to hurt, it's okay for me to have greed or lust or, or whatever it is. My sinful nature is good at, at, at covering over things or making me try not to feel bad about things or, or think that it's okay for me. But that's not the truth. You see, we need God's Word to confront us and show us our sin and our sinfulness. Because then God's Word also shows us what God has done, what God has done with our problem, what God has done with our sin, what God has done with our guilt, our greed, our gossip, everything wrong about us, and everything wrong that we do, and everything that deserves God's wrath and punishment. We've come here today not just to hear what's wrong with us, and not just to be tempted to just look into the basket of God's blessings and, and focus on those things. God's Word today focuses us away from the, the blessings in the basket. and It focuses our eyes on the one who blesses us. The one who loves us enough to, to give all this, and obviously way more than this, in all the different ways and measures that he gives to each and every one of us at each and every stage of our life, always providing for us, always taking care of us. You know, it's just interesting. When, the, when this believer would have to come, you know, get to come with that basket of blessings, and go like, this is just the, the start of what God is giving to me, and I earned none of this. I walked into a land flowing with milk and honey, vineyards that were already, you know, at the right age with already producing, and I, I just walk into this and I get all this, and here I bring it to the Lord, it's just interesting because it's like they had to say these words. When do we have to all say the same words? Isn't that we, right after the sermon, as we confess our faith by the words of the Apostles' Creed or, or the Nicene Creed or on Trinity Sunday, the Athanasian Creed, we confess who our God is and what our God has done for us. That's why we've gathered here to thank God because he loved us enough to send his own son. That's who our God is. That he loved us enough to send his own son to take our place, to take our punishment. You know, part of the, the creed that these believers would say is, is God came, you know, with, a, with an outstretched, with a, a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. It's sometimes hard to see that when we look at the cross. That our God has a, has a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. As we see the, the, the crown of thorns in his head and, and we see the blood coming down and, and we envision the nails into his hands and, and we see him dying. But there God shows his great strength and his great mercy and love for you and for me. Because Jesus went to the cross for you and for me. To take our sins upon himself, to take our guilt, our gossip, our greed, everything wrong about us. And to wipe the slate clean before God for you and for me. Because he took our punishment. His blood covers over all of our sins and they're blotted out before God's sight. That's who our God is. And then Jesus died for us. So you and I would not die eternally. And, and he went to the tomb. But three days later... God brought him out of the tomb, alive and well, glorified body, not battered and bruised and, and busted up, but, but perfect, 
made some of the disciples, you know, touch my hand, to, you know, put your hands in my side, proving that, that all God's promises are true. You see, there were, there were a few promises that God gave to Abraham. One, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you into a great nation. Check, he did that. I'm going to bring you and I'm going to give you this land to you and your descendants. Check, he did that. And he said, all nations on earth will be blessed through you. All nations. New All Minnesota. You and me. Blessed through this God keeping his promise. Sending his son to die on the cross for us. To take away our sins. To give us his own righteousness. The righteousness that Riker was clothed with at his baptism. The righteousness that you and I were given at our baptism. So that we can stand before God on the last day with a smile on our face and no fear in our hearts. Because we know God's love. We know Jesus has done everything so that we get to be in heaven forever. And we can live with that joy and that peace right now. The Apostle Paul spoke of this first fruits idea that, that was throughout the Old Testament that was pictured here for us. And he spoke of it as really Jesus is the first fruits of you and me. As he rose from the grave, that means that you and I, that we may go through death and suffer physical death, not only will our souls be in heaven, but on the last day when Jesus comes, our bodies will be raised as well. He says this, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. We come here to worship because it's good to do that. God wants us to worship. We go because it's good for us to recognize who truly gives us all these gifts. And we come to worship, most importantly, because we just have to thank God. With our time, our talents, our treasures, our, the truth that he gives us as we share it with the world, the temple, our bodies that he gives us, all the blessings he's given us. As we see them pictured in more than a basket in front of the altar, we realize all the blessings that God has given to us, and th all those blessings in the baskets we carry are, simple, are simply just tokens of his love for us in Christ. You have God's gifts in differing measure. We could look around the room and we could compare bank accounts, we could compare what we drive, we could compare the, the, the family blessings or the, the age or health blessings, we could compare all those things, but God has given them to you in the measure that he's allotted, and he loves you, and it's the perfect amount for you. Because no matter what you see in your bank account, no matter what you see in the mirror, no matter what you look around you and see, you have everything. Because you have your God, who loves you, who has forgiven you and his son, and he will give you everything you need. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you in your household. As we take time aside this Thanksgiving, it's something we can do every day to enjoy what God has given to us. To have a smile on our face, our hearts free of guilt and shame, knowing we're forgiven, we're loved, we're at peace with God. And we can truly enjoy everything that God has given us, especially who our God is and what he has done for us. And as we bring our offerings, we're simply bringing what you, Lord, have given to us. Let's close with that prayer that we began with. 
We fold our hands, bow our heads. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Amen.